0: How high or low should your larynx be when you sing? This question is steeped in controversy and misunderstanding. However, it's also vitally important for us to get it right, because when we get it wrong, we're going to have some big vocal problems. Let's talk about it. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. So here's the controversy. Voice teachers don't always agree on what's best, and this is one of those areas. If I understand it correctly, and please note that I'm not an expert in this kind of training, the speech level singing or SLS method of Seth Riggs teaches that you should always have your larynx at the same level that you speak. However, vocal coach Lisa Popiel suggests that there are times that you would be correct to slightly raise or lower your larynx. She talks about five laryngeal positions from number one, which is very raised to number five, which is very lowered. She suggests that some rock singing and saucy musical theater tends to use a slightly more raised position, number two, while classical cabaret jazz, and some R&B singing requires a slightly lowered position, number four. But she warns that no one should ever use positions one, which is very raised, or five, which is very lowered. Vocal coach Molly Webb also advises a movable larynx and discusses the possible origins of the stable larynx training in an article on the web, and I'll leave you that link. To quote her from her article, the larynx does and should move when you sing and not just for controversial techniques like belting. Even in classical singing, magnetic resonance imaging or MRI studies have confirmed that the larynx gently rises up on higher pitches and depresses on lower ones. So what do I recommend? From my experience with my and my clients' voices, I say, as long as you only raise or lower the larynx so that you don't feel your throat or experience strain or fatigue, what you're doing is just right. In fact, as a session singer, or stunt singer as I like to call it, I have to sometimes overdo this to blend with all kinds of voices and styles for recording. Changing the level of the larynx is a way to create more tone colors than usual. Various character roles in musical theater can require more unusual tone choices, too. In fact, it's not just slightly raising and lowering the larynx that we need to allow. To accomplish higher notes, the thyroid cartilage, which comprises the largest part of the larynx, needs to be free to tilt in your neck. Tension in and around the larynx from trying to keep the Adam's apple stationary can interfere with these movements. What's the Adam's apple, you say? Officially named the laryngeal prominence, it's the pointy front of the thyroid cartilage that sticks out like a bump right in the middle of the neck. It's very noticeable in a man, but a woman has a smaller one too, and I like to call it the Eve's apple. The front end of the vocal cords are attached directly behind it. Want to see more detail? I will leave a link to a great video tutorial that I found in the podcast notes. So your Adam's apple and your larynx need freedom of movement. However, and it's a great big however, you shouldn't lower or raise your larynx to the point that you become aware of it. That's where you're going to have some vocal problems. Most contemporary genre singing really should be in what Lisa Popeil would call the third position, the middle position, with the larynx freely and comfortably floating and tilting in the throat. Okay, so what can you do if your Adam's apple and larynx are too stationary, not free to move? Well, a real ninja trick I've found that works here is to get your jaw dropping and moving more flexibly in a bit of a chewing circle like I'm doing right now. A freer jaw will let the base of your tongue relax, so it relaxes its tense restriction on the movement of the hyoid bone, which is the top of your larynx. To paraphrase the old song, the jaw bones indirectly connected to the hyoid bone, etc. All right, what can you do if you're raising or lowering your larynx or voice box too much? Well, learning to pull instead of push Your voice, as I teach in my Power Path and Performance Method, is the very best way I've found to protect your delicate and precious vocal instrument and will help you immensely to get this movement of the larynx just right. This pulling instead of pushing for sound, among other things, allows the larynx to determine its best position with no outside interference. And here's a very effective exercise that I learned from yet another great voice teacher, the late Jeannie Diva. Lightly touch your Adam's apple or Eve's apple with the tips of your fingers. Feel for it in the middle of the front of your neck and you'll find it. And ladies, it'll just be a little bump. Again, this is where the vocal cords are attached on one end inside the thyroid cartilage. Now, you're going to just let your fingers be brain flashlights don't do anything to that area, but make a mental intention not to tense the area under your fingertips as you sing. It's an amazing tactic when your larynx tries to lift for high notes. Notice how the high notes, including higher middle voice notes, just float out almost effortlessly as opposed to straining. For low notes, try this to keep your larynx from lowering too much. Stand tall. Put your hand on your sternum and try to pull your voice from there. It will help your lower notes sound rich. Ah, not hootie. Ah, and your voice will feel better too. Don't bend over or down to get the notes. Be aware of the vibration and keep your chest and definitely your ribcage open. All right. In conclusion, go with what works. These are great voice teachers that I've named in this post. It can get confusing. I know when experts differ, but all I can be sure of is what I've experienced that works for my voice and my students' voices. And this should be your criteria, too. From my experience, I say mostly keep your larynx happily floating, actually rocking a bit in the center of your neck. Allowing it freedom to move slightly lower or higher should give your voice a wider range without strain. Want some incredibly effective vocal exercises that can teach you this? Either book a lesson with me or get one of my vocal training products, all of which include not only exercises, but how to do them. Okay. This is Judy Rodman. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Find me at judyrodman.com. I'd love to hear from you. See you next time for All Things Vocal, the podcast for voices with messages that matter.